And so success is a three-part series. And what's interesting is a lot of times we can learn about something by knowing what it's not. And uh, every, every time I ask people what's the opposite of success, they, they tell me that the opposite of success is failure. And, and I would disagree 100% wholeheartedly because mm-hmm. I've never met anyone who hasn't failed their way to success. Failure is a stepping stone to success. Failure is the process. All right, Jeff Griffin, thanks for joining me, my man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me here. I uh, appreciate you allowing me to sit on your shoulders for a few minutes here and uh, shine some light on what you are doing. Yeah, dude, I, I love that, man. Um, and I, I mean, I know I've done my research on you uh, a little bit as much as I can, right? Uh, Griffin Motivation, you've got a lot of other, um, you worked at seminaries and institutes, you're, you're kind of all over the place, huh? You know what? I, I, I've been all over the place. You've been know? all over the place. Absolutely. You know, being all over the place is different than been all over the place. Uh, I, I just want to make that sure because people like listening, wait, uh, I'm out. I'm out. If this guy's all over the place, I'm out. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Okay. You, um, but, but let's, let's kind of go to the big question that I always like to talk about and that's leadership, especially in like 2023, when you're talking about like companies who've, you know, who might be struggling with churn, they might be struggling with, um, onboarding people, but I think leadership in a bigger sense of like, how can people cultivate those leadership capabilities and like abilities in their everyday life? What are some things that, that you've done or that you go over to help people be leaders every day? No, that's a great question. Cause I love that because if you go to my website, uh, you know, there's a tagline that says helping leaders lead. Yeah. Um, because you know, I don't want to go in and take over. I don't want to go in and, and uh, change things or, you know, create this great big huge shift of moving somewhere where they don't want to go. What I want to do is I want to go in there and support what the leaders are doing. You know, a lot of times a leader will be saying the same message over and over and over again. And if you've ever heard the same song over and over and over again, sometimes you zone out. And uh, and that's what's happening here with is with these companies and with these employees with these leaders. It's not that the leaders you know aren't getting the message through. It's just the employees have stopped listening to the same music, the same notes, the same message, whatever it is. And and I get to go in there and I just get to validate what those leaders are are trying to do. And 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 and, and so a lot of times my messaging and my message is for the whole. Other times it's, you know, it's to specifically help the leader themselves. But, um, you know, what we want to do there is we want to go in there and just really support the leader. For example, there, there's one um, senior, not senior VP, but a VP of, um, of sales of a bank in California. It's a small little bank. And when I say small, right, uh, they had 60 relationship managers there in Newport Beach, um, California, um, from all their branches, from New York to to um, Florida, to Oregon, California. Again, it's not, it's, it wasn't a nationwide bank, but uh, they brought in 60 of the relationship managers. Their desire was to bring in 400 million new dollars that they, they've never wow. done before. And so, you know, they're, they're having their training and whatnot. And I came in and I got to share my message, you know, my message of you are the solution to impossible. And I introduced the 3Ds to this group 
And um, after I was finished, she came up to me. She's like, Jeff, thank you so much for eliminating our excuses. There is no reason why we can't hit our targets. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's awesome. That's beautiful. And so a year later, I'm like, well, I want to I follow up and see how things went. And so I called her up and, and talked to her assistant. And, and Ian's like, Jeff, I don't know what Shiva told you um, our, you know, our number was, but I, I just want to let you know that we ended up with 530 million. Whoa. So 130 million more than they thought they were, you know, they, they desired. And all these people are like, we can't even hit 400 million, but they exceeded it by 130. You know, if I would have known that, I, I would have taken a percentage, yeah, no a kidding. small, small percentage instead of a flat fee for, for that speech. But that's just kind of an example of what we get to do is, you know, go in there and just really shine a light on what these, what these leaders are trying to accomplish and eliminate those constraints that they have. Yeah. And what I've found is it, that it's very, very similar in each company, in each, in each place that I go to, because people are people. Yeah, I don't care who you are. People are people. And one of the biggest constraints that we have as people is this ability to believe, to believe in the incredible, to, to achieve and receive that which the masses says is impossible. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, you know, yeah, I was like, I, I would say that, you know, if for every minute you doubt it's possible, you give up 60 seconds of finding the solution. That's, that, yeah, that's fair, man. I love it. Let, can I ask you the, about this? Because this is something um, as a sales trainer that I run into quite a bit. And it's the idea of confidence. Can you break down what confidence is? Because I feel like that's a little bit that maybe that touches on kind of what you're talking about, right? Like eliminating excuses, eliminating doubt. And maybe it's not, but in my experience, confidence um, is number one. Like that's the first thing that I have to do as like a sales trainer, if I'm like talking with a group of salespeople is figure out like where, like how confident are they or, and are they really, you know what I mean? But can you shed some light on that? Break it down. Absolutely. It sounds to me like you're, you've dealt with some people. I call it fool's gold confidence. (laughs) Yeah, That's right. That's right. Yeah. If you've ever experienced that before, you know, as a football player, um, in college, you know, you go up against some some pretty amazing athletes. But in high school, what was interesting is, you know, in high school there, I, I, you know, played against a lot of people who were were little yappers. I call them chihuahuas, <laughs> and and they're just yippy and yappy, and you know, and and they and they were talking a big game. But uh, what was interesting is, you, you know, you go out there and focus on what you can do instead of, you know, what they're trying to get you, you know, to to focus on. And, and I, mm. I called that fool's gold confidence. And so you, that's what I'm hearing you say is some of these people are like, yes, I can do this, but they're not, they're not getting the results. And so that's like the fool's gold confidence where you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm braggadocio. I'm, you know, I, I have all the confidence in the world when in reality, they really don't. And so what we need to do is we just need to really break it down. We need to break it down. And, and what's interesting is, is, you know, great questions lead to great discovery. And so by asking a few questions, you're able to discover exactly what it is that they are deficient in. And, and so, you know, some people might just be deficient in the correct order, you know, oh, yeah. approach somebody, you know, you've got to build some relationships of trust before you just go in there and, and ask for the sale or whatnot. And so, you know, they may have the elements, they may have the things, but they're just in the wrong order. And so, 
It's, it's so again, each person is different, each situation is different. But by simply asking the questions and, and making that assessment, you're able to then give them some um, some information, mm -hmm. and then you can recommend what it is. And and so I'm like, I'm like, that's kind of like trying to clear the air. It's an acronym yeah. AIR. You're like, okay, I want to assess what's going on here. The A, and then I want to inform them. Once I've once I've discovered what it is that I'm looking for, I inform them. The I, and then and then the R is the the recommend. Here's here's the recommendation. Here's here's the recipe. Here's the prescription. Here's what it is that uh, that's going to take you to the next level. And so each each person is different. Each place is different. And so that's why it's so important to to go in there and, and assess the situation and find out what's going on there. But uh, um, you're absolutely right. Confidence is huge. Believing that you have the ability, believing that, you're not just, you know, kind of hoping, but be believing that you have the ability to accomplish dreams and desires. And I love to use this story from the great blondine to illustrate this, this idea of belief. I don't know if you've ever heard of the great blondine. Have you heard of the great blondine? Uh, mm, maybe tell me. So the great blondine is the, the world's best tightrope walker. Okay. Okay. And he sets up his tightrope all over the place, him and his manager. And one time they found themselves at, uh, um, like Niagara falls. And so they set up their ropes, cross the falls and, and the big crowd shows up and, and, uh, the great blondine is, is standing up there by falls behind his back. And he asks the crowd, how many of you guys believe that I can walk across this tightrope blindfolded? Whoa. Hands go up. Whoa. And he's like, okay, well, how many of you guys can believe that I can walk across this tightrope blindfolded with the wheelbarrow? Whoa. Hands go up. And so he's like, how many of you guys believe that I can walk across this tightrope blindfolded with the, with the wheelbarrow with somebody in it? <laughs> Hands go up. Can I get a volunteer? Oh, yeah, nobody. Yeah, 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 yeah. The hands go down. And so his manager jumps in the, the wheelbarrow and he, and he gets blindfolded and they go across the, the, uh, the falls. But this idea of belief, do you really believe? Do you really believe you have the tools and skills? Do you really have, do you believe you have the ability? Do you really believe that, uh, you know, you have the correct process in place? Because that process is huge. And you know that as, you know, as a, as, as a trainer. And so, um, that's, that's crucial. And, and so confidence, here's what's, here's what's cool. A lot of people think that you're only, you're born with confidence and, and, and there are some of those who are gifted and they had, and they come with that. They come with it and everything they touch turns to gold and you ask them how they do that. Like, I don't know. Right. And, uh, but others who have to work for it, you can definitely, you can definitely teach somebody how to increase their confidence. And I associate confidence with desire. Desire and confidence are almost synonymous. Mm -hmm. And so you've got to be able to know how to increase your desire. You got to know what a desire is. You got to know how to increase it. And, um, and then there's ways. There's ways to do that. Yeah. How are desire? That, that's an interesting one I've, I haven't really connected the dots on. Uh, tell me more about desire and confidence because it, I mean, as I'm exploring it in my head, it, it makes sense. Right. But I, I'm thinking like, I know a lot of people who just, who want it bad and they just can't figure it out and maybe wanting it bad. Isn't the same thing as desire. Yeah, no, that's a great, that's a great question. That's a great question because, um, so desire, right. Um, so what I, what I did 
and sharing with uh, this group of 60 relationship managers, you know, I introduced the three D's, which is at the foundation mm. of all our challenges, the foundation of all our problems. And my problem is different than your problem and, and, and it, your listeners' problems are different than everyone else's. And I don't want to, to um, diminish or make uh, anyone feel like that uh, I'm thinking less of your problems, <laughs> right? But um, we all have them. So the problem isn't the problem, Dalton. You know, we all have problems. It's the lack of how we look at those problems and approach those problems and how we flip the yeah. switch and reframe those problems and yeah. turn them into solutions. We as a society, we focus so much time on the, the problem and identifying the problem and not enough time on the solution. And oh, so what yeah. we want to do here is bridge that gap. Yeah. And, and the way to bridge that gap, I believe, are, are three Ds. There's desire, dream, and do. Those are the three Ds that are the foundation of every solution. Because every problem under the sun has a solution or has none. If there be one, hurry and find it. If there be none, never mind it. And so, you know, let's figure out the solution. Let's stop talking about the problem but, and start focusing on the solution. And so what we do is we dissect what a desire is and really identify what is a desire and uh, how do we increase that. And so simply put, a desire is a strong um, a hankering after, a feeling um, of something that we think about, and so if you if you break it down to that into the simplest to the simplistic um, or the simplicity, what you have here is a desire is simply a thought. Mm, yeah, and so you know everything that we have, this computer, these microphones, this you know everything we have comes from comes you know from a thought. You know this this formless thing, this uh, this this idea that comes here, and so we're like, okay, well, if if a desire is a thought, then how do we increase our th desires? Well, we increase our thoughts, and it's where we put our thoughts, and it's where we put our focus, it's where we think. And yeah. and the sad truth is, you know, if George Bernard Shaw is accurate, he says that two percent of the population think, three percent of the population think they think. And 95% of the population would rather die than think. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know how many times I've seen organizations, communities, countries, families, and individuals would rather die than think. And so, you know, are you in the 3% where you think you think or are you in the 2% where you know you think? And so, again, going back to let's give you these, let's give you the process, let's give you the pattern, let's give you the path that leads to that success, uh, the results that we want. And, um, you know, so number one is, am I thinking? Am I doing the thinking or is somebody else doing the thinking for me? Do I truly believe that I have the ability to get these sales or does my boss try to convince me that I have the ability? Yeah. And, and so, so again, it's going back to, okay, well, a desire is simply a thought. And then you've got the dreams, which are crystallized desires. And, uh, and, and so, you know, we could have a whole conversation on what comes first, the desire, the dream, or the dream, or the desire, and, yeah, yeah, and all yeah. these other things. But uh, what's interesting is most of us want the results. Just give me the results. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we give them the tools and the skills to get the results, but they have never, they, they don't change their thinking. They don't change their mindset. Yeah, and so that is crucial in in anything that we deal with, um, because everything we do is one hundred percent mental. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, when I'm talking to uh, sales teams, um, I, I do spend quite a bit of time on like the mindset piece of it and their attitude because I, I really believe one of the things that I have like kind of a hot take on in, in se- selling is like, it doesn't really matter what you say to a customer. Like it doesn't really matter what your script is or anything like that because I've seen some crazy, I mean, we've all seen it, right? Like how do these guys who are like hard closers is what I would call them, right? Like these hard closers, how are they so successful? Or like these people who never use a closing line in the, in the world, how are they successful? And most, and a lot of it just comes down to like, they're comfortable in their own skin. They're comfortable with what they're saying. And if they believe it, someone else will believe it. And that's all you need, right? Kind of at the beginning is like just someone else to believe in you. Um, and it's tough. Like when, uh, if, if you can't go through the, the action yourself of like believing in yourself, it's very difficult then to get other people's buy-in. Oh, absolutely. 100%. People can, people, everyone has a BS meter. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's and everyone right. has a BS meter. And, and, and if, and if you don't, if you know that it doesn't work and if you know that they're not going to get the results, but you just want the sell, um, you know, the, everyone has that BS meter. And so, you know, you got those hard closers, as you mentioned. And what's interesting is it, I've always wanted to, to see a study or see some real results, the real numbers that are manipulated to match what, what, what you're at, what you want your outcome to be. But I'd be interested to see how many of those hard closers um, have refunds. Oh yeah, no, I, I know a lot of them do. I know, I know a few in the industry, and the, and the, it's if a, that's what, if you know what I'm if you know what I'm talking about, where it's yeah. like you keep pushing, 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 pushing until until finally like, uh, yeah, I'll yeah. take it, I'll take it. As soon as you leave, I'm going to hit, I'm going to hit yeah. Uh, refund. Yeah, refund or like your. So I always, I I, I always say like the. It's not necessarily about the close rate for a salesperson, but it's also about like the, the customer success ratings, like how happy are your customers? What's your churn rate? What's your, cause your money did no good if it's one month, but no, they're pretty high, right? Like those guys, it never works out in the long run, but it's just that initial, like, man, um, they don't have anything different than me, right? Tell yeah, walk me through that. I've always thought about that, uh, Jeff, and I'm curious on your thoughts about the people who kind of take their, um, you know, if, if I can do it, anybody can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's always just a, to me, it's always kind of a little bit unempathetic, but I'm just, I'm wondering <laughs> if you, like, if I can do it, anybody can do it. And they're like, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, no, no, absolutely. Um, I, I know where you're coming from because it, I, I look at myself as a under ordinary guy who does the know. ordinary, just a little extra. Yeah. Okay. And that's where the extraordinary comes from. Um, playing on the on the Paralympic team and, and dealing with some of these uh, world class athletes, <clears throat> the difference between gold and silver is sometimes just one one thousandth of a second, or or the smallest smallest, yeah. the you know the the razor's edge or or whatever you want to describe it as. And so, yeah, again, how how do you go? You know, how do you get gold instead of silver? How do you get gold instead of bronze? How do you get a medal instead of just showing up? <clears throat> and how do you become extraordinary? Yeah. And and the way you become extraordinary is by doing the ordinary, just a little extra. And and so you've got to 
trust in the process. You've got to trust in the process. And, and I call that uh, developing a P-squared mindset. Going back to confidence, you can develop confidence by developing a desire, a true desire, a desperate desire, a deliberate desire, a, a real desire. And, and so again, going back to, okay, well, what is that desire? How can we dissect what that desire is? And so that P-squared that P squared mindset is is the footings of the foundation. As, as, as you recall, I talked about the three Ds. It's the foundation yeah. of every um, problem that we have, and, and it's, the, it's where you can find the solution as well. And so you've got the three Ds of the foundation, but then you've got the possibility principle, which is the footings or the P-squared mindset. The P-squared mindset that those three, P, those three Ds are going to be sitting on. And that possibility principle that, you know, there's, there's five at least five benefits that come from developing this P-squared mindset. And one of them is, is you've got to trust in the process instead of the promise. But so often we just focus yeah, on the yeah. promise. We focus on the benefits. We focus on the results. We, we focus on the end and we abort the process, but it's the process that helps us progress. And so we've got to have complete confidence in that process. And, and so what we need to do is we need to find a process that really works. Yeah. And that's where it goes back to these, going back to, you know, salespersons. They're like, okay, well, <laughs> I really believe in this process. You know, you that's say true. it works, yeah. but do I really believe in that process? And so right before they get the clothes, they're like, mm, I, I just don't trust this. And they, they deviate. Yes. Yeah. And so you're like, okay, well, was it the process? Was it your personality or was it just your lack of confidence or your lack of belief? Going back to this P-squared mindset, being able to have that mindset to push through the, right. uh, the pushback that's going to happen, to be able to you know deal with the uh, opposition to your optimism. And uh, whenever we do something new, it's we're always going to feel uncomfortable. Right. So another, another aspect of the P-square mindset is being comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. Being comfortable being stretched, being comfortable with the struggle, being comfortable with the silence, being comfortable <laughs> with you know, the, the objections, mm -hmm. and then being comfortable in knowing that the results are coming. Yeah. The results are coming. Yeah. There's a lot of experience. I remember because where I remember when I was, you know, a young salesperson and just, you know, a customer would freak out or they would, they would backtrack a little bit, right? And you just like freak out because you're like, ah, I don't know what to do. But, uh, you know, as you get a little more seasoned in that, you realize it's just, this is part of the game, right? And we just got to play it and go through and you'll, it'll be fine. It'll work out. It's so hard to see that if you've never experienced it. Right. Do you uh, practice maybe experiencing it or is there a way to like go through that? Or do you just like, or at the beginning when you're teaching somebody this, these principles, you just like, bro, so, uh, the first few reps, you're just going to have to white knuckle it, man. You're just going to have to trust me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just hold on. Man. Right. Absolutely. And what's interesting too, you might've, you might've worked with some of these people. I call it finding the simplicity on the far side of complexity. Oh yeah. Okay. To illustrate that, you know, it's football season. And when you hear coaches or offensive coordinators say that the quarterback, you know, that the quarterback, the game has slowed down. Mm -hmm. 
the game has slowed down, meaning they have found the simplicity on the far side of complexity because football can be very, very complex. It can be very, very quick. It can be a different speed and all that stuff. You get to the NFL level, and then it's, it's a completely different level. Yeah. And, um, and, and so what's happened here is these athletes have climbed that mountain and have discovered the simplicity on the far side of complexity, but they've got to go through the process. They've got to do the steps. They've got to put in the work. They've got to you know, practice in order to discover that they've got to train and you, and you ask the question, well, what do you do? And, and this is one of the least favorite things for people, but it's one of the most effective and that is role-playing. Yeah. 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 That's it. Huh? <laughs> role. Oh, so many people hate it. Oh yeah. They're like, like nah, I'm not going to do that. I'll just figure it out when it happens. I'm like, good luck, bro. Because what happens here is when we increase the pressure, what happens to performance? Does the performance increase or does it just performance decrease? Decrease. It decreases. You know, we go back to what's comfortable. We go back to what's familiar. We go back to what is natural. And in the only way to be, you know, to become natural at being uncomfortable or dealing with rejection or dealing with uh, yes. the, those triggers and those pushback is to put yourself in that situation and prepare. It's yeah. just, it's prepare, 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 prepare. It's like practice, practice, practice. <laughs> I'm like, you've got to do it. If if you have to do it mentally, that's great. That's fine. You're doing it mentally, but there's nothing like doing it um, with somebody, know, like in real somebody. Yeah, yeah, the role playing. The role playing is essential. Yeah, and uh, and uh, what do you do? You role play the process. You just go through, and whatever happens, happens. Because I always, uh, I mean, I and I prefer when we role play to role play. Um, you know, not worst case scenario, but like this is pretty common, right? Because I, I live in this counterintuitive approach where it's like, if you're, you know, like if you're ready to jump and nothing happens, right? Like then you're cool. But if you, but if you jump, then you're ready for it, right? Like if it happens, sweet. If it doesn't, sweet. Uh, and so I always like role play. I don't ever throw in that like unreasonable things, but I, I role play pretty tough scenarios because if they say yes, then you're, you're good, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. It's it's dealing with the objections. Yeah, yeah. It's dealing with the objections, and 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 so you're like, okay, well, well. First of all, you know what was interesting with sales is, did we truly address the pain? Mm. Did we truly did we truly address the situation that yeah. they're currently in? And then did we allow them to, to feel it? Did we allow them to experience it or, or did we jump over that because we want to get to the cell? I don't know if you've ever seen Groundhog's Day. Yeah. With, uh, um, Been a minute, but I'm familiar, yeah. What's his name? Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. he, he, he's on Caddyshack and he's on uh, all these other movies as well. Um, but the character, you know, he, he gets stuck in the same day. Mm -hmm. And he finds this woman and he's like, oh, wait a minute. Uh, and he gets closer and closer to, you know, to his, to his desire, which is, you know, making out with this lady or kissing her or whatever. <laughs> and he gets so close. And so the very, very next day, he's like trying to rush through everything to get to the end. Yeah. And, and sometimes that's what happens as, um, as sales people, especially oh, yeah. is you yeah. want to get to the end and yeah. we forget about the 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 leading up to it and the other things that are happening as well yeah or yeah you know what's you know what's crazy about that is like another thing that i hate i i'm a sales trainer so i have to do it every once in a while but i hate dealing with like 
I hate the whole objections masterclass. Like, let's talk about how to handle all five of these objections. It's like, dude, not today, because most everybody knows, right? Like, we're not in an information age. Like, we're past the information age. Like you were saying, right? We're past the what the what's the problem, right? You know, now it's like why change and why now? Because most of the objections are like you haven't, like you mentioned, right? You haven't convinced them of why change and why now. Right. They, they know, right? They know. Yeah. Like, I know why I suck. <laughs> but like, <laughs> why should I? <laughs> you know what I mean? You ever run into that too? You're like, you're like, Jeff, I get it. Cut to the chase, man. What are we, what's going on? I get it. I get it. What, what do we got going here? I'm like, okay, well, let's, let's do this. But, but Bill Murray is the guy, by the way. Bill Murray. I know it comes Okay. Yes, you're right. Yeah, you're Bill right. Murray, Groundhog's Day, and 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 so again, it's um, yeah, it's something that I've you know, as you mentioned, I've been an instructor for 17 years. I was a banker for three years prior to that. Um, you know, been all over the place, sort of done all these other things. Uh, yeah, business dev guy here um, recently, but one thing I've discovered working working with some of the harshest critics called teenagers. <laughs> Dude, they're ruthless, aren't they? they? They are ruthless. But now that I'm working with executives, I realize that executives are harsher than teenagers because adults are just teenagers who haven't figured it out. <laughs> We've grown up physically, but we haven't grown up mentally or intellectually or whatnot. And all right. so we, we just haven't dealt with all those, you know, we haven't dealt with some of our uh, skeletons that, um, you know, that are keeping us from experiencing the type of success we, we truly desire. Um, but one thing I've learned is that, uh, you know what, they don't care how much, you know, until they know how much you care. Yeah. And so again, going back to, as we mentioned earlier, is with the products and other things as well. Like, do we truly believe in this product that it's going to change and benefit this person? Do we truly believe that it is going to bring them to a different level? That's going to increase, um, their capacity to receive there is it going to help them with their relationships is going to help them increase their money. Is it going to help them hold on to their money? Um, you know, what's interesting with these, these athletes, um, the majority of these athletes, multi-million dollar athletes, because they have not been trained or taught to expand their, their thinking, they have all, all this money. And then as soon as they leave the game, they lose the money. <laughs> yeah. Look at Mike right. Tyson. All these, all this money that Mike Tyson had, he's like, okay, well, where is that? Well, because he didn't, he didn't um, work on his mindset. Yeah, he didn't work. He didn't work on that aspect of it. And so, you can't increase your wallet until you increase your mind. You can't in increase your influence until you increase your mind. You can't increase, um, you know, mm -hmm. your leadership skills until you increase your mind. Right. We right. we have to expand our vision. The problem isn't the problem; it's the lack of vision. <laughs> right. I, and I, and what's funny is like, the problem is, um, it, it never, I don't know, in my experience, like, you know, problems are like that, you know, one door closes, another one opens kind of thing. Like it, they never really go away. They just manifest themselves differently. But the beautiful thing about like what you're talking about is like the same way you handle one is very similar to how, how you handle another. Like we've seen this problem before. Like, I think that's where a big piece of confidence comes in. At least that's what it is for me. Like, you know, when I'm in a sales conversation, like, cause I also like, I'm a sales trainer, but I I'm actively on a sales team and managing a team. And it's like, dude, we've seen this before. We've seen this problem before. And they're like, no way, this is way different. And I'm like, no, break it down. Like, this is not new. 
Like we know how to handle it. Like this is a, and I get people who are like, well, that's crazy. And you're like, no. <laughs> you know? the game <laughs> has slowed down for Dalton. The right. game has slowed down. Dalton has found the simplicity on the far side of complexity. He's like, Hey, listen, keep, keep throwing them at me. We've got this. And if I don't understand this, we're going to, I understand how to problem solve. Yeah. That's understand it. how I'm to problem. solve the problem. And, and, and the younger generation and our education system has, has taught people how to memorize things instead of yeah. solve for the, you know, solve for the problems. It's like, okay, well, how, do, how do I do this? Where's the, where's the instruction manual for this? Right. Um, you know what? There's some simple little steps that you can take to, to figure this out, to figure yeah. out the solutions. Yeah. I remember actually, cause I got, I remember actually my favorite class and this is when cause my mom, my mom actually taught me this. And I think it was because she just needed me to get a good grade on it. So she didn't have to like <laughs> uh, hold me back that year or whatever. But I remember <laughs> we were doing like a physics class or something. And everybody, re do you remember those? And I think people just, this just got too much heat because I never hear about it anymore. But it's like, uh, we learned about all these things in the book. And then the test was nothing like the book, right? And and our my physics teacher, Mr. Sellers, he would do that to us. And it was consistently frustrating. It was like, dude, he's like, no, you remember these four problems we went through? Like, this is it. And we're like, dude, that's not even close. But it taught us like problem solving. And that's also why I'm not really, I'm not a college basher. Number one, I have, I, I've been, I went. Um, number two is like, it's not what you learn, it's how you learn it. Mm -hmm. Because like I've been, you know, and I think that just preps you. So I think that's a great point that you bring up is like, it's not so much about the problem that you're trying to solve as much as like, like, how do you solve problems in general? Because like, yeah, I don't use applied physics anymore in my life, but I do know how to solve really complex problems now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what's interesting too is uh, the problem you're solving is, is with another human being. Yeah. That's, and that, well, which <laughs> way to throw in that whole another wrench into that. <laughs> yeah. Somebody who thinks different, who acts different, who reacts, who feels different, all these things. And so you're like, okay, what's, What's going to happen? Well, you know, how do how do we deal with this? And yeah. and if and if and if the right customer doesn't come a, come around or come along, you're like, oh, okay, skip, 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 yeah. skip, skip. Oh, finally, this one this one fits my abilities instead of me being able to adapt to their. Yeah, yeah. I can we talk about your story a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I know we got I know we got a little bit of time left, um, but. You know, I doing the research right. You uh, always had the the goal of, you know, being being on the big stage. I think is is how they wrote it right. And then uh, it was a construction accident. How did you deal with that? Like, because it, it could seem at that moment, I'm sure that like maybe it was all gone. Oh, absolutely. In fact, what's interesting is my whole life. You know. You know, going back to the three D's, desire, dream, and do. And, and so we talked about desire and, and the other one is dream. The other one, you know, and this is probably one of the most essential aspects of, you know, a good sales team, a good leader, a good leader, a good company, everything. You know, I've learned that most of us, you know, most of us don't know what we want, but, the, you know, most of us don't know what we want, but the majority of us know what we don't want, if that makes sense. <laughs> Yeah. And so yeah. if we keep focusing on what we don't want, we're going to continue to get that. And so success is a three-part series. And what's interesting is a lot of times we can learn about something by knowing what it's not. And uh, every, every time I ask people, what's the opposite of success? They, they tell me that the opposite of success is failure. 
And, and I would disagree 100% hold hard. Because I've never met anyone who hasn't failed their way to success. <laughs> Failure is a stepping stone, stepping stone to success. Failure is the process yeah. to success. However, you got to get to a point where you don't want people to fail. I don't want my surgeon to fail. I don't want my airline pilot to fail. I don't want, you know, all these other things to fail. But if we're learning something new or trying to, you know, get it to the point where it, it is like humming and, and, and running that, uh, you know, we've got to figure out those steps. But, uh, you know, so one of the first steps to success, you know, it's KFC. It's not the Kentucky Fried Chicken, the finger looking good stuff. But it's, <laughs> it's the acronym of you got to know what you want. You've got to finish what you start. You've got to celebrate the process. Yeah. So, and so most people don't know what they want. And so that's the first step to success is like, okay, well, you got to figure out what you want. And so part of that is dreaming. And I call it dream weaving. And, uh, you know, in 10 minutes, we can, we can figure out what you want by, by dream weaving. And a lot of times, though, the first time we do that, it takes about an hour to two hours because we, we want to unpack it. We want to we get rid of, you know, we want to unpack it and we want to go into your subconscious. And there's some tools and techniques that we use to do that. But once we're done, we have a list a mile long of what it is that you want to do. And now we just get to choose and prioritize what it is that we want to do first. Um, and for me as a little kid, my dream was to play on the big stage, as you mentioned. And so everything I did, I did to get bigger, faster, and stronger. I wanted to, I grew up in, in Cache Valley in uh, Aggie country, but I wanted to go play in Cougar country down at BYU. <laughs> but the problem was they breed them to hate them up there in Cache Valley, but that's okay. Cause I was a receiver. They, they just churned out all American quarterbacks and I was a receiver and I wanted to play for the next American, yeah. you know, all American quarterback. Long story short, as you said, you know, in between seasons, I did get to taste the sweetness of success and I got to experience what that would be like. And um, it was wonderful. It was beautiful. And what was interesting is, Fortunately for me, I didn't listen to the naysayers. I didn't listen to those boo birds. I didn't listen to the people you know, who base our possibilities on their limitations mm -hmm. and um, continue to chase down my dream. And, and I was able to accomplish it. And I played two downs in college. You got to experience what it'd be like to be on the first team. You know, the, my identity of being this, this athlete, being able to play on the big stage was coming to fruition. And I'm um, like, okay, I'm coming back next year. And I get to experience that. Well, in between seasons, I was working for myself, um, started my own business as a painter, was up 40 feet on some scaffolding. The scaffolding ladder slipped out from underneath me. I came straight down, stuck the landing perfect, broke my back, um, which left me paralyzed from the waist down. Was given a life sentence to never walk, never stand, never move my legs again. So as a football player that had his whole identity wrapped up in his physicality, that was a shock to the system. And I entered into that sauna of self-pity. I, I, I went into that tailspin. I, I uh, it went into those dark recesses of, of your mind and, and started you know, shaking my fist at God, complaining to anyone who would listen to me and uh, just started focusing on, on all the things that I couldn't do. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and that, was, that was a dark, bleak time in my life. So the question is, is, what do you do? What do you do when your dreams have been taken out from underneath you? What do you do when your dreams have come crumbling down? What do you do when other people have, you know, destroyed them? What do you do when you destroy them yourself? You, you, you self-sabotage, you know, what do you do when you're dealt with a 
a major challenge or a difficult setback. What's your MO? What's your go-to? What do you do? Because I'm telling you right now, life is going to punch you in the face. Things are not going to go the way you want to. Sales aren't going to go the way you want to. Your team isn't going to go the way you tell them to go. So how do you deal with these major challenges that you're dealt with? And a lot of times these challenges are human beings. <laughs> how do I deal with these human beings? How do I deal with these, you know, these teenagers who are in adult bodies? Um, and, and so, you know, for me, it was like, okay, how do I deal with this challenge in my life where my identity has been stripped away from me, has been taken away from me, where the experts gave me a, a license to never walk, never stand, never move my legs again. And so, um, you know, there was, there, there was an event that took place in the hospital that changed my life forever, that helped me flip the switch, reframe how I think, and, and helped me remember the steps I took to get to the, to the big stage in the first place. And so, um, you know, there's a question that helped me exit that sound of self-pity to where I was able to sift through my broken back and shattered dreams and discover some flecks of gold that have helped me and these harsher, these, you know, these, these critics called teenagers um, to, to dream new dreams, to orchestrate, conduct a song that sings inside their soul, to, to be able to climb their Everest, to be able to accomplish their dreams and desires in order, you know, to help them accomplish their goals and take those steps yeah. into the darkness long before they ever see the end, to take those steps, to climb that mountain, to find the simplicity on the far side of complexity. And, um, and so I discovered some flux of gold that, that helped me uh, put together this program that uh, has, has helped thousands of others um, pick up the pieces, create and orchestrate their own dreams um, and accomplish them. You know, as I mentioned, uh, there's a group of bankers that were able to get, you know, hit their $400 million mark, but exceeded by 130, worked with some plumbers, worked with some uh, welders. We've worked with um, police officers who wanted to be Navy SEAL uh, wow. and serve our country. So, you know, we've, we've also even worked with some um, elementary kids and it works, <laughs> it, it works for these younger kids as well as these older kids. And, 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 and they're able to just, you know, take an advantage, you know, you know, yeah, yeah. be able to, to get ahead of everyone else. And so, um, so yeah, so there was a question that was asked to me in, in the uh, hospital by a prisoner that set me free from my prison. And there's the irony of the whole thing, because we as a society think that these prisoners have nothing to give. They're like, they're just a menace to society. Like, we yeah. don't want anything to do with them. This guy was working out, had an aneurysm in his brain, paralyzed the right side of his body. He was doing therapy in the hospital. And there was one day that I was having a pity party. And um, he asked a question that set me free from my prison. And I've never been back, Dalton. I've never been back to that, that sauna. I've had some low days. I've had some slow days. Um, but I've never had those dark days that I did when I broke my back and my dreams of playing football was taken from me, was stripped from me. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's crazy. And, Go ahead. And your listeners are probably wondering, what's the question? What's the question that the prisoner asked you? And the question that he asked me was, you know, in his slurred speech, you know, he asked me, why are you crying, dude? And I'm like, what? He's like, why are you crying, dude? And I recognized 
the question that he was asking me, which was, why are you crying, dude? And that simple question just snapped me out of my pity part. I'm like, holy crap, why am I crying? Why am I crying? And I noticed that there was a guy down the, down the table that had, you know, paralyzed from the neck down, had screws, a halo screw to his skull. And he's like, okay, can't even feed himself, can't even move. And I'm like, why am I crying? I can hug, I can transfer, I can do all these things. And that's, and then that simple question allowed me to flip the switch to start focusing on the things that I can do instead of the things that I can't do. And one of the things that every single one of us can do is we can change the scenario in our minds. We can play it out in our minds to where we can see the end, where we can see the end, even though it's not even, we're not even close to the end. We're not even close to that person. We're not even close to that cell that we want. We're not even close to that relationship that we want to establish. We're not even close to the wealth that we truly want. We're not even close, you know, to, you know, the kindness and the, and the forgiveness that we need to find in our hearts. But, you know, we have that desire and, and, we, and we see it and we have that dream. And so what we can do is we can all dream new dreams. We can all conduct and orchestrate that song of things inside our soul. We can all work on our desire, which helps our dreams become crystal clear, which then helps us do <laughs> the things that we need to do because man cannot dream himself into character. He must hammer and forge one for himself. And so we've got to do in order to receive. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. And I really like the question that, you know, you shared um, because it is really hard to, if, one of my favorite things about questions as in their nature is they force you to justify your position. Mm -hmm. And it's, and that's pretty difficult, right? Why I think a lot of us don't ask the hard questions to ourselves. Why at the beginning of the conversation, you mentioned a lot of us can't sit in silence, right? Yeah. Or like, like with our own thoughts, because mm -hmm. then we have to justify everything. And that's right. the, you know, and then we have to take accountability, right? Like, mm -hmm. You have to like say, you have to look in the mirror and give yourself a, a big piece of that pie, right. uh, even though you don't want to. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah. Wow. That's, uh, that's incredible. Um, well, I really appreciate it. I really appreciate you being here. Uh, I know we're short time, but where can everybody follow you? Uh, get involved with your training and your coaching. If they want to do that, let us know. Absolutely. The fastest and easiest ways to go to my website at griffinmotivation.com. G-R-I-F-F-I-N, like the mythical beast, half, half <laughs> eagle, half lion. You know, I've been married 26 years and I, I try to convince my wife that I'm still a mythical beast. And she's like, <laughs> you're neither a beast nor mythical. And uh, so you can tell we've been around each other for quite some time. Heck yeah. And, um, and, but at griffinmotivation.com, you can go to my Instagram, my Facebook, LinkedIn handles, YouTube channel, whatnot. If you just want to go straight to the Instagram, it's at Jeff Griffin 10, but, um, you know, reach out to me. We have some books, some tools that really help that kind of give the genesis of the story. You know, this one right here was the first one. It's called I'm possible desire dream do we're in our third print. And, um, Very you cool. know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a living example of putting into practice these principles, you know, in sixth grade, I got a D minus in English and my high school teacher told me I'd never write a comprehensive sentence. And all that was validated my freshman year in college when I showed up on day one and we wrote a paragraph on day two, they called six of us out of 300 to the back of the auditorium. We're like, <laughs> I was, I was one of them. I'm like, what I win? 
They're like, you want to date with the remedial English teacher? I'm like, what does that mean? Like, <laughs> that's exactly why you need it. But this book right here, I'm Possible, Desire, Dream, Do, is kind of like the genesis. It, it kind of it kind of um, introduces the three Ds. And then this one right here, Endless Possibilities, the 90-day recipe for world record results is the tool that helps you change your programming, that helps you overcome the opposition, that helps you feel comfortable being uncomfortable, that helps you trust in the process, that helps you discover what hope is. And that's the beauty of it. You know, if you ever read a good book, it's called, um, besides these two, it's called <laughs> Grit by Angela Duckworth. And she yep. says that gritty people are hopeful people. And I love her book, but I think she has this upside down because I think that hopeful people are gritty people. Yeah. And for me, hope means the ability to reach out to the future and grab onto your dreams and bring it back to the present in spite of your past in spite of your fail, failures, in spite of your setbacks, in spite of your challenges, in spite of those hiccups. And, um, and so do you know what you want? And that's, that's the biggest key is, do I know what I want? And then if, if you don't, then let's, let's figure that out. And then once you do know what you want, let's work on that desire. Let's work on that P-squared mindset. Let's work on that uh, world record um, <laughs> mindset that's going to get you those results that you desire. Dude, heck yeah. Well, I love it. Thank you so much, Jeff for being here. I appreciate it. You betcha. Thank you so much. 